0: Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 10th of July, uh, year of our Lord 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. Today, uh, as has become customary, just turn on the microphone and we're just going. I don't have a lot of subject matter except one thing I want to talk about uh, and I haven't really, you know, you know how these go, I don't really research them at all. We just kind of take it for what it is. So I just got done writing an article. Now, by the time this goes up. For me right now it is 8:30 at night. I don't know why I keep putting these episodes out so late at night cuz this will probably and this is central time, so eastern time this is going to go up around like 10. Um I just finished writing an article and I was like sometimes it's difficult for me to articulate through words like typing uh what I mean and what I'm trying to say. So I just kind of thought Maybe if people would rather listen to me say something, I feel like I can convey things a little bit easier that way. Um, I'm going to do that. So the article that I wrote, which will be out tomorrow. So today's the 10th. It'll be out the 11th, the morning of the 11th at eight o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, the Pistons are screwed in the draft this year. And I, I say screwed pretty loosely because I feel like the title of this is going to be something to the along the lines of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe uh, the, the, the the Pistons are screwed in the draft this year. Right. It'll be something like that. And I guess maybe that's a little bit clickbaity. Um, here's, I think, what the actual issue is. And some of it is, it's just stuff that I've talked about before. Um, so I don't mean to keep beating a dead horse, but the, the meat and potatoes of what I'm about to talk about, I don't think we've talked about enough. So in years past, right, I think we've been spoiled a little bit with some pretty decent classes. You know, within the last five years, we've had some really, really solid classes. And one of the recurring themes there is, I guess maybe this just applies to most drafts. Um, you look at one, two, three, you look at the top three best players. It's usually the top three are this player is going one, this player is going two, this player is going three. The best example was last year. We knew Zion was one, Jaw was two, RJ was three. And that was it. It didn't matter what teams were picking where. It was just a matter of, like, who gets lucky and who gets to take these players. I guess there was maybe some debate as to whether RJ or Ja would go too. But for the most part, the consensus was that it would be Ja, then uh, Barrett. This year, it's kind of like how the draft is going to shake out is so heavily contingent on what teams are actually picking where. And again, I apologize because I know I've talked about this quite a bit, um, even just in some one-on-one personal conversations with people that I know are probably listening to this. Stay with me. Uh, we'll get to the point. This year you have, I mean, I feel, I guess you can maybe say Lamelo and, and Anthony Edwards are, are probably locks to go inside of the top three, with the exception of Edwards, I think could maybe go to like four. But other than that, there are just so many variables here. Um, you know, if Cleveland somehow ends up with like a top three pick, I say somehow as if it's like without with the entirely outside of the realm of possibility. No, that's probably going to happen. You know, what do they do? Because obviously they're not going to take, I would hope that they're not going to take a guard. And I don't, you know, I make this, these jokes about the Cavs all the time, especially with this upcoming draft. But if they do select, whether it's uh, maybe even throw Killian Hayes in there, but Anthony Edwards or... Uh, Lamella Ball, as a fan, I'm looking at that as like, okay, so you're trading Colin, or you are trading Darius Garland. Like, one of them is gone, and I wish it was Colin Sexton. Give him a better life. I think it's probably in the Cavs' best interest to take a wing, right? Whether it's Okoro or Obi Toppin or Denny, uh, who I still don't know how to say his last name, from Tel Aviv, I think is where he's from. Um, I mean, Okoro's not going to go that high, but you know what I mean? Like, if the Cavs fall back, he's not a bad fail-safe. The point here is... If Detroit goes into the top three, no matter who picks where, it's not even about the Pistons, but it is, but it's really about every single team. Unquestionably, LaMelo and Anthony Edwards are, are like the two prizes, right? Whether you like them or not, like that's really the best of the class. That's like the best of the best. Unless you're like this pretty large, I guess, contingency of Pistons fans that swear by Killian Hayes, which I, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just, you know. Uh, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball are the consensus prizes. Great. That's kind of the problem, though. Like, that's kind of what sucks, is that's the top. That's the best of the best. Like, Jason Tatum, I guess, is a good example of a guy who... Not many people were saying he was the best player in the draft. There was definitely people saying that. But he turned out to be, what, right now, Jason Tatum is the best player from that draft class. I mean, you know, some people might say Bam. Some people might say Mitchell. But for the most part, Jason Tatum, I think has probably been the best player from that class. And I know he went, what, third, so it's not like a, oh my gosh, it was so far. Like if, if it was easily Mitchell or easily Bam and they went in like the mid-lottery, you know, like the, the teens, then it's kind of a different conversation. I feel like I'm getting a little bit mixed up here. The point of what I'm trying to say is if that's your top prize, um, that kind of sucks because, not again, not just the Pistons, but how many teams can really make a pick inside of the top ten or even the top five that you really feel 100% comfortable with. Because any of the players that the Pistons could potentially draft, they're going to have their pros that are going to get people really, really excited. They're going to have their their upside that people are going to look at, and they're going to say, this is a future, hopefully point guard, but piece for the Pistons. The issue is that if you hypothetically draft a guy like Lamelo, you're looking at him as a guy who, yeah, he has pretty good range, but he's super inconsistent unquestioned uh athleticism his court vision and ability to locate shooters is i mean it's off the charts those are his pros but his inconsistency with his shot and then the biggest thing you don't have to watch much lamello tape to realize that he, you don't even have to be a basketball aficionado to realize like lamello ball just doesn't play great defense uh, to put it delicately and some of it i don't even think a lot of it isn't really positioning. I think most of it is effort and the silver lining there is that that's easily coachable, very easily fixable, especially under a guy like Dwayne Casey, where he holds defensive effort in such high regard. That's something that he would have to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not condition himself, um, acclimate himself to, I think that's what I was looking for. uh, If he were to play in Detroit, where if Mello was with New York and Tibbs ends up getting that job, uh, rest in peace to Lamella Ball. His career is going to be destroyed. Uh, and then it's even kind of the same thing with Anthony Edwards, like a guy who uh, it's his shooting that gets people excited. And it's his, uh, I don't, it's not really his defense, but he is a pretty decent defender when he's dialed in, when he's locked in. But he has some like really rough, inconsistent stretches. And sometimes he can be pretty careless with the ball. So I think maybe Anthony Edwards is probably the, the top prize here, and I guess it would be more attractive if Melo was here, but if, like, it's Anthony Edwards, it's not really that big of a deal. Obi Toppin's a guy who falls under the same umbrella as LaMelo Ball with the defensive effort, but I think some of it also with him is uh, his positioning. I think he's just bad defensively. With Obi, it's like, I know you can score in the league. I, don't, I really don't think you're going to have a problem with that. I just worry that... Uh, you're gonna, your team's gonna like allow 150 points per game, and it's pretty suboptimal. So with this class, uh, just to really circle back, well, no, nope, I want to make this point first. Even a guy like me who loves Tyrese Halliburton, just so I'm being fair here, um, I always talk about how I love the release point, the high apex on his jump shot. how I think it's indefensible when you have a guy who's like six six or however tall he is. I love it. I love Tyrese Halliburton. A great consolation prize for the Pistons if you land in that 6th or 7th spot. The thing with him is he's, like, so tentative to shoot the ball all the time. Kind of like Theo Maladon a little bit. But I think with Halliburton, it's a little bit worse. Where it's like if you just had more confidence with your shot, I think he'll be better. But the problem is that he just doesn't have it at all. And he can be a pesky defender, but even he's just kind of mad. Uh, he needs to put on, like, 20 pounds before I think we would feel comfortable being like, okay, yeah, here's the keys to the franchise. Um, But even, I remember I thought Theo Malladon was the best point guard in the draft. And luckily, I don't really believe that anymore. I think he's really good, and I think whoever gets him uh, is set up, like, really, really well. I think he's a really good guy for a team like, I don't know, uh, Orlando or Sacramento. Like, a team who... Doesn't need another guy. Well, everyone can use another guy that's like a generational talent, obviously, but they just need that extra piece a guy who you're not, you know, throwing the world at him and expecting the most, a guy who can kind of develop in silence. I think that's what Theo Maladon uh, brings to the table for a team. And I think it'll be really good for him to be somewhere where he's not expected to do as much as like LaMelo or Killian or Anthony Edwards or Halliburton. I think you get what I'm saying. You can make the argument all you want that, oh, anytime you draft a player, you're going to have your concerns. Look, if I'm drafting inside of the top five, I'm kind of putting all my chips in the middle and saying, like, I really hope that this guy changes our franchise. And you're 100% going to have some concerns no matter where you're picking. But ultimately, if you're inside that top five, there's going to be more confidence that your guy's going to pan out than if you pick, like, at 15 or 20. You know what I mean? Where you're not really looking to take a risk and take on a project where I worry that a lot of these guys are probably going to end up being like I, 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 it's difficult for me to not say that Obi's going to take several years before he's actually like a formidable product in the league. Just cause I hate being the guy that hates players. And I don't, it's not that I don't want to be wrong about these things. I just don't, Sure, Obi Toppin's probably not going to be good for a while. Let's just roll with that. I'll stick to it. I'm not afraid of it. So what? I, what, I'm, what? my point here is I just hate that no matter who the Pistons draft, I'm going to be really happy, but then I'm going to be like, there are so many ways where this goes wrong. And maybe the fact that there's such a, a large variety of places that each individual player could get selected um, maybe, like, it'll just, well, that point that I was about to make was so dumb. I'll still say it, but just know that it was really dumb. What I was gonna say was, like, well, there's so many places that these players could go, it's just a matter of figuring out who's the right team for them. Duh, that's how scouting works. That's literally how the vetting process works for figuring out who you want to draft, is whether or not they're actually a good fit for your franchise, Nick. Stupid. Stupid. So it's like if you're looking at drafting the best player available, I'm really curious to see who that ends up being, no matter where the Pistons pick. I'm really curious to see who's the best player available because if we're following Ed Stefanski's model and we're picking the best player, um, if it's like OB, I'm kind of pissed because I really think he'd be better in Cleveland than he would. They're probably just going to end up drafting like – the Cavs are in such a hilarious position because if they draft a guard, mainly a point guard – they're idiots. If they end up drafting James Wiseman for some reason, also idiots. So that's why the pressure's really on them to not mess it up. I, this isn't a Cavs podcast. I don't care. So just to, I guess just to wrap this up, because this episode hasn't been very good at all. I, the irony inside of me saying at the beginning, did I say it out loud? I thought I said it maybe in my head. Of Me saying, I think it's better for me to make a podcast so I can articulate it using words, like verbally, rather than on the internet making an article, the fact that this has just been incoherent rambling for the last 12 and a half minutes, the irony there is palpable. So let me kind of reel this in a little bit and, and put a ball on it. Now it just kind of feels like we're in this position where Troy Weaver and Ed Stefanski and Dwayne Casey are just trying to see like who comes with the least risk. And I know this is how most drafts work, but this year, especially it's like who do we feel more confident with? Like who, who has the least like uh, factor? Like he, like their like their highs are really good, but their lows are like, oh my gosh, come on, please play defense. It's probably Killian Hayes. I like I know it's gonna make a lot of people happy too. The safest pick. That's what I'm looking for. That was the word I was trying to look for. Like who's the safe pick? Because that's not always gonna be the same thing as the best player. Obi might be the best player available does not mean he's the safest pick. Killian, in almost every instance, is a perfect example of a guy who is a safe pick and also probably the best one. And with that, folks, if you made it this far, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. Uh, I hope I don't do any more draft stuff because I'm just... What did I say in the last episode? Uh, I'm just a guy with an internet connection and nobody should listen to me about draft stuff. The principle, I think, is clear, though that we're kind of screwed no matter what. All righty, folks. Thank you very, very much. I will catch you guys in the next one.